I need to do some research for that. Let me just let me, let me go do my research. Mac rumors. <laughs> <laughs> so we have some follow up, which we haven't done in a while. Uh, I, I don't know why, but I guess we just haven't had anything come back that he had had information for us to talk about. Uh, but the first bit of follow up that we have is the. Siri Shortcuts app has been confirmed to have all the things from Workflow. Uh, so we spoke about last week, the uh, Siri Shortcuts app um, is part of WWDC. And Julian was saying that he believes it will be the same. And I said that we didn't know yet. But we now know that Siri Shortcuts will have all of the things from Workflow, including all of the it's scripting the same, though. and API things. It is now better. It is confirmed yes. now to be better. Yes. We did not know that before. It looks really good. Yeah, we, I guess so. I guess so. It it already seemed more useful for me because of the fact that it was uh, built in. But yes, if it's got everything that that workflow had, that kind of um, that means that for you, it's also it's also going to be better because uh, yeah. you can call your APIs and other stuff that workflow lets you do. Yeah, we'll get we'll get onto that a little bit later. Um, cool. I guess the only bit of follow up I have is that I finally a year on started updating some of my Macs to High Sierra. And I've only done one so far, actually. I've done the MacBook Pro that I'm recording on right now. Um, I haven't done my iMac. So I don't know why I, I kind of held off on this, but I guess after I was about seeing, to ask you why. I, I guess, you you know when you just, um, you just kind of like, he's just using your computer every day and you don't have time to upgrade it, especially for something that could break quite a few things that you rely on daily. I... No, I don't have this problem anymore. Windows 10 just it's it's just Windows 10 now. Well, it just updates itself. I like I have no nothing broke, right? Like there wasn't actually anything to break, but it was just the idea of something breaking. I was like I don't want to deal with this right now. Um and plus like time just went on and I just forgot to update it. So uh I finally started. Uh, I need to plan in when I'm going to do the iMac at some point. And the whole reason was actually because I want I do plan on upgrading to uh, Mojave as soon as possible because I want that dark mode. Ah, for the dark mode. Actually, yeah. just while we're on the dark mode, this has been an interesting one because mm. uh, Windows 10 has had a dark mode for a while. It's not in everything, but it has been in the um, the kind of the main system apps like Calculator, um, you know, the calendar. So when you're using the dark mode in Windows 10, like some things aren't in dark mode. Yeah, so it doesn't change absolutely everything. Um, in the version that's currently out, it doesn't change File Explorer, which is one that they got a lot of feedback for, and they're actually changing in the in the new version. But um, I I did see a bit of a, a a recurring theme that when the dark mode was announced for um, the latest version of Mac OS, both people said, "Oh, didn't it have one already?" And also they said. Wow, that's actually nicer than the one that's in Windows. So, so uh, to answer the question about didn't have one already, it didn't. You had the ability to make the Mac bar and the the dock slightly darker, basically. Yeah, but that was the only option. Yeah, but that was the only option, and and now you can actually just switch things so that Finder and everything else has the dark mode. And um, I I think people just look at look at them side by side and say that the the Apple one is a bit more. Uh, polished it doesn't go to like a full black it goes to like an an off 
black kind of gray color. And yeah. I think, I think it's in some ways it's a bit of a mistake that, that Microsoft went full black. I know why they did it because the dark mode in windows 10 comes directly from the dark mode that they had in windows phone. And that was OLED screens and uh, having a full mm. black yeah. makes tons of sense there. However, on a monitor on like a, like a surface book yeah. or something like that, the full black, um, it seems kind of strange and perhaps, a perhaps some kind of, uh, off black would be better yeah but it's interesting it's interesting that you know um apple didn't have one and now they do have one and it is in some ways more polished um this is this is like a recurring thing with apple they, they wait and then they do it really well so i will put a link into the show notes to stephen hackett's blog post on dark mode for uh, mojave it's actually a really good post it describes a lot of the different um ways that dark mode actually works there's uh something where they they blend your your background color um with I like that with the it's actually been quite controversial but they blend the background color with um your wallpaper color essentially so that color of your background changes depending on what's behind and it's it's very subtle at times but it's it's quite it's, yeah and it's not transparent is it no. it's not it's not like a transparency i think that sounds like a like a good idea that's like the, mm. now windows they have like a theme color and i think it would make sense for them to use like a really dark variant of the theme color or some complementary color, uh, like the wallpaper, rather than just having the solid black. Um, but this is this is interesting, and I think I haven't had a chance to really see it on macOS yet. I will when I get the opportunity, because I personally think that having both a light and a, and a dark mode that are both good, well polished, and uh, both equals is an important thing for an operating system. I, I like that with my text editors. Mm. And other apps and i just think having a system-wide one is really good especially when it's easy to switch I, I don't find the windows one to be as easy to switch as it could be but essentially what i want is i just want to be able to just flick between them either on a schedule or automatically or when i press a button yeah um but at the moment it's it is a bit of a it's like a color preference like you go into the settings you change it and then you know you close the settings and then you go into the settings and change it back there's no, there's no switch. The other thing to add is that there's also some uh, color variations. So I've forgotten the names exactly, but you can essentially change. I think it's like a color hint. I can't. I can't remember. Uh, I will. I will have to follow up on this. I'll put a link in the show notes. But um, there's one version that instead of getting the you know like red, green, and amber um, buttons on the left, they actually go gray, and you can kind of tone down the color input to the dark mode in OS 10 at Mojave. Right. So again, um, we'll have to find some more information on this, but you can essentially, I think uh, the, the mode that I'm thinking of uh, also cuts out that background color hinting. So the wallpaper color hinting on the uh, windows. So there's some interesting variations. Um, so we'll have to, yeah, we'll have to follow up on that. I'm definitely looking forward to having my computer as dark mode pretty much constantly because as I stated and also Jordan mentioned last week uh sorry last episode that um I've been slowly switching everything like every pretty much when I get an app now it's like all right does it have about dark mode okay switch it to dark mode just by default everything goes into dark mode for me now slack yeah because slack's terrible (laughs) Jordan 
You picked up a Product Red iPhone 8 Plus uh, a little while ago. I think it was during our, our downtime. Um, how are you finding it? Are you enjoying the, the, the color variation? I did pick one up. I was torn between an iPhone 10 and, well, anything else, really. Like, I had the iPhone 7 Plus. My Apple upgrade program and it was coming up to my the end of my term on it. And and that means that like I just pay another month and or pay one more month and I would have paid the whole phone off. So it seemed a bit pointless giving it back. I could have just sold it. Yeah. So I, w- I was like, you know, I don't need a new phone. I don't particularly like the iPhone 10 uh, just because of the form factor. I think the iPhone 7 Plus and the iPhone 8 Plus form factor is something I'm used to, and I quite, I'm quite productive on it. You know, I, I, I use it for a lot of work stuff and lots of conference calls, and I don't know, I just like the form factor. Um, and I kind of, I was mulling over replacing the iPhone 7 Plus with an 8 Plus, but I just felt like it was a bit of a, a bit of a, a sideways move, if you know what I mean, like rather than a being mm. being an upgrade, but yeah. And I and I knew that they were doing the product red version, and it looked sexy. So yeah. I I kind of just took the plunge, and I was like, look, I'm going to go caseless with this one, and I'm going to get the iPhone eight plus, and I'm going to get the two hundred fifty six gigabyte model, and it's like an extra three pounds a month or three quid a month or four quid a month rather mm-hmm. to the, on top of what I was paying for the. Uh, the the seven plus now that's you know it's a price increase again from Apple. But if you look at the iPhone ten, considering they've stopped doing one hundred twenty eight gigabyte versions of the phones in these models, it was either a sixty four gig or two hundred fifty six, mm-hmm. and which really annoyed me, really annoyed me because I sixty four is just not enough, and two hundred fifty six is way too much. 128 was perfect for my 7 Plus. I, I, I usually sit around 64, 65 gig um, of stuff on my phone. So if I wanted to upgrade to the iPhone 10, then I would be paying quite a, you know, a substantial amount more a month on the Apple upgrade program because I would have to have the top spec iPhone 10. Do you know what I mean? It just... It just didn't really sit well with me, and I wasn't really in the mood for it. Like, I, I think it's a, like I think you know my views on this. I keep saying it's just a bit too. The form factor is just not right for me, and I'm hoping this new product, the 10 Plus or whatever it's going to be mm. this year, will will fix that for, for for me. So I will say that on the the product red uh, phone this year. I was happy that they gave it a black front because last yeah, year I remember 100%. everyone was talking about how they were replacing the white front with buying an iPhone 7 Plus or an iPhone 7, buying the iPhone 7 product right, well the product red iPhone 7, and then merging them so that they had a black front on the product red iPhone 7. And Apple was yeah. like, all right, we'll give you that. We'll give you this now. So that was free. Yeah, good. no, definitely like. I probably wouldn't have got it if it would if 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 it had a white front, but um, but yeah, no, I I used to have that leather case on it, the Apple leather case, and mm. well, now I've been caseless for what how long have I had it now? Two maybe two months, 
I think more. Uh, maybe a little more than that. Yeah, three maybe. Yeah. Um, I've done quite well not to drop it, but I have dropped it on like, like off my bedside table onto the carpet, for instance, or you know onto the wooden floor in down my the back living of room. my car seats, other side. Yeah, those kinds of things. I've not dropped on concrete yet, yet. Um, but you know, I'm. I'm I was kind of half expecting, like, it just to be, like, me not to notice the difference in speed, but the there is a, a significant performance increase from the last iPhone 7 mm. Plus to this, and I, I notice it on things like N-Pass and things that have to do with things like encryption. Now, I'm not sure if it's the Apple battery thing. You know what I mean? Like, I remember the iPhone 7 Plus being really fast and i just don't really get how it can everything can always continue to seem faster do you know what i mean on every on every new phone but yeah um i do like how how quick touch id is on this um i do like how quick um some of the apps from um the latest update was 11.4 is ruined a lot of it for me because it it seems to be worse for battery and oh, worse man. for things like the network stack. Oh, the network stack, yeah. Mm. That is bad. Coming back to, to follow up a little, just as a quick side note, um, a lot of people have been installing the iOS 12 beta, uh, the developer beta, beta 1, and apparently it's pretty pretty crazy how, one, stable it's been, and two, how fast it is. So they, they boasted about the uh, improvements they've made for older devices up to the 6s i think it is um and apparently they're really seeing some interesting like and actually valuable performance boost there so i imagine that when ios 12 comes out it's not going to be like your phone gets slower again it's going to be oh my god this this software update just made my phone faster which is how you want it to be so that's that's pretty good Mm. So yeah, uh, I'm looking for. I mean, that's gonna be like fall whenever that is, right? Like they always say, yeah. fall. When we're gonna get new iPhones. Well. Yeah. So is that, is that when the new iPhones will be announced then at the end of the year? Uh, so fall. So it's the iPhone event is in September. Um, sometimes they, I mean, a long time ago, they haven't done this for a while. They have actually done um an October event, which has sometimes had uh iPads in it, if I remember correctly. But don't quote me on that. Um, but I think lately, yeah, they've merged them. So the the iPhone event also may ship some iPads at some point. Uh, typically, it has been in March in the past as well. But um, it's currently rumored to be to be fall. So I'm I'm interested in getting an iPad. As I, I've spoken to you guys about, I do yeah. want the next iPad. You want you want an iPad with the stuff like the iPhone 10. Yeah. Uh, yes. So the the yeah. The, the the notch well the sensors on the front and the lack yeah. of touch id i'm not looking forward to this next ipad well, we'll i just don't we'll, we'll talk about I that in know. the future because we don't know yeah. as much yet and again like i'm just kind of like hoping for it the last thing on on the iphone mm-hmm. this iphone a plus product red really beautiful really like the color yeah and wireless charging um i get a lot of use out of that i'm glad like i said the battery dies quite often now with 11.4, but when I had my iPhone 7 Plus, I would be on the phone all day and it would just be dead by 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. You'd have to plug it in, but now on my desk, when I'm not on the phone, I just have a little charging pad, so every time I put it down, it, it ends up at 100% by the time I've left work, which is it's just something I don't have to think about plugging in a 
you know, plugging how, something in, I can just put it down. How do you, what are your thoughts on the charge cycles? Are you worried about this having a negative effect on the, the like longevity of your phone's battery? No, no, not at all. Um, like, I think it's a bit of a, it's not like an old wives tale, but it's getting to that mm-hmm. point now. Like, well, it used to be that when you got a phone, you had to charge it for 24 hours before you could use it. Yeah. That used to be something yeah. that I used yeah, to Yeah, that's back see. when you had, like, had a Nokia 3210 or... Right, exactly, or, yeah. And, and that's because, like, those lithium-ion batteries, they have memory, right? Or what is equivalent? Mm-hmm. They don't have actual memory, but they have a memory-like... Um, Ability. Yeah, exactly. And and what what happens is now that the there are chips, really clever chips on the iPhones especially and, and, and most high end products that manage the power cycles, it manages mm-hmm. the battery um the battery performance in in a lot more um in a lot more ways with a lot more control. So, you know, it's become that thing now where it used to be a problem because the technology wasn't very good. Don't get me wrong, all lithium ion batteries need a, a power management chip for charging but now you know it doesn't necessarily bother me and mm. also apple do battery replacement so if it really is a problem i've got apple care on it i don't really think they can knock this is normal use right it's just something that we don't have to think about anymore because technology's got a lot better mm. um, so yeah i'm not strictly worried about it and to be honest if you put wireless charging in a device, you shouldn't be worried about it. Like, you should fix that problem because people are just going to be putting it down for a little bit and taking it up and putting it yeah. down. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Wireless charging isn't about the whole full charge cycle from I'm going to bed now, I'm plugging it in. At least for me, it's not. It's more about I just want to put it down somewhere for a little bit and get some battery charge. Mm, mm, nice battery charge. Yes, 10% here. So on on the wireless charging then... Uh, did did I imagine that Apple announced some kind of charging station? You did not imagine that, no. I've never seen it. No, it disappeared. If I, if I, now I might be completely wrong here, but did, did I remember that this charged both the watch and the phone at the same time, or was that my imagination? The idea was that it charged both the watch and the iPhone as well as the AirPods at the same time. Ah. And that was announced. Yeah, you see that in that would be quite useful, I think, if if I it? had. If I had, um, if I had a what uh, a phone that also did the wireless, because because right now I use the um, the watch uh, charger, yeah, um, and I have an iPhone charger, so so there's two separate cables that I need to plug in and have on my desk when I'm charging up my desk, yeah. Um, so in theory, this would be one thing that I could just put stuff on, mm-hmm. but put both of them on. Mm, that's, yeah, that's why that people sounds, actually liked the idea when it came out, and they were using a standard, you know, the Qi standard, which was great. Um, although it's altered, but you know it's still standard, which is which is good. However, it just never never launched. It's never been spoken of again since since it was really, uh, I guess, revealed, not released. Um, yeah. So we don't actually know what's happening with that. I guess we may see something about it in fall. If not, I guess we'll never see anything about it. And your iPod, your AirPods, they wouldn't AirPods, whatever they're called, AirPods. they wouldn't. Um, they wouldn't charge. Yeah, so you'd also so you, they they were releasing right. a second case basically. So I guess newer AirPods would have this case by default, um, but the you can buy a replacement case for your AirPods, which will then enable it to be charged wirelessly. 
Interesting. Yeah, I I I like the idea of the AirPods. I think they look really good and the technology is really good behind them, but this, the audio quality isn't as good as some of my Sony headphones. Yeah. Uh, but I really like the the size and the fact that they just go into that little case. They're a lot easier to pocket than my Sony ones. But yeah. um it's the, the the issue for me is the the lack of noise cancelling and the and in ear. But they but you know, I I think um uh now's not the time for me to look at getting any of that stuff anyway um because i think it's you know they're they're only going to release new versions that's always the way with um mm. with apple so we do need to talk about headphones shortly but i i do agree that the so i i now have some new headphones and my airpods are um i i use them for my walks now for podcasting they're they're amazing not for podcasting but for listening to podcasts they're uh they're amazing so mm-hmm. and for having on my walk and you know they, they're reliable so or you know if you're doing something that isn't on an airplane um but just going around and you wanted one in i i totally think they're great um so yeah but i agree yeah noise cancelling would be great but I think for the the applications I use them in, I prefer them. I I wouldn't want anything bigger that had noise cancelling. For those the applications yeah. I use it. So, yeah. speaking of going caseless, uh, I've had my iPhone 10 um, completely exposed and naked um, since I bought it in. I got it on launch day in November, and uh, it's not doing too well. And I'm not like actively trying to treat it like shit. Um, although, I mean, Jules, you you will say otherwise. Lately, after I've become so, um, only after yeah, I've realized maybe. how bad it is. But I'm only doing it as a joke. Um, I haven't tried to actively like destroy it or treat it terribly and make sure I scratch it and put it in my pocket with my keys, but. Something has happened to this phone where, like, I noticed. So, something that happened at the start was that the, and quite early on, was the glass at the back from being set down was very, like, near the bottom, uh, is very. So, like, scuff marks? Yeah, it's very, like, imagine if you had, like, a rubber, right? And it's new, and you, yeah. you rub around one corner and it smooths over, and it's got that yeah. weird, like, you know, like, brushed look to it. Like the corners of my, the back corners of my iPhone look like that now. And there's all these thousands and thousands of micro abrasions. And then you've got the, the, the long reaching ones across the back that go all the way over to the top. And, you know, like there's, it's, it's not doing well from, from the back. And there's a, there's a few on the front as well, isn't there? I think they just catch the light. Every I would so say there's often, more on I the front. You, yeah, I see you using your phone and it, it just catches the light in a way whereby it's it's obvious that there are multiple uh, significant scratches across the the yeah. front of the device. There are they're, they're actually small ridiculous scratches. They they look like cracks from certain angles. There are a few, a few that are so deep that I can put my nail in them and have the scratch take me my nail on a journey. I was going to say, it's testament to the glass on the iPhone 10 that how deep that glass goes. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like how thick it is and how strong it is. Because you have dropped it quite a few times. I ha- The thing is, I haven't actually dropped it. This is the thing. I've dropped it once from like about two inches from the floor. In fact, a couple of inches from the floor when I was getting into my car. So I haven't actively dropped it. I haven't 
you know, like, all right, apart from that time, I haven't like purposefully treated it terribly and I haven't accidentally treated it terribly. Apparently it's just, for some reason, it's just beaten up to hell. Is is it more more prone to scratches than the others? I, I think so. So the the screen, like the the glass, I think is a bit softer than previous iPhones. Mm, yeah, I mean, I so I haven't had that many Apple devices, um, but the I, the iPhone seven I have seven plus I have now does have some scratches on the glass, but none on the rest of the body because I think it's been in a case most of its life it's in a case now the leather case yeah um i also had a um an ipod mini and that thing no wait nano an ipod nano that thing was so scratched just just by using it it got so scratched but i think that was like a was it like a plastic on the front it wasn't glass i don't know but but i've i've never had I've never had an Apple device that hasn't been scratched, beaten up in some way. I think they just it just seems to to happen. I mean, these things do happen over time. Like even I mean iPhones like so you have my old iPhone seven and that yeah. wasn't it wasn't pristine, but the back was perfect. And the, yeah, the, sides back, were the back perfect. was perfect, which, which we don't look at. But the sides were perfect, yeah. There was but the uh, there, there's a few scratches in the front, but few. it's not, nothing. It's nothing it's too nothing bad. like my iPhone ten is. Yeah, it's not even close. They're, they're yeah, in comparison, yeah. The, the iPhone ten that you that you have seems to be well scratched in comparison. It's like a cat has actively taken a, like hatred against this phone and just gone at it it's it's actually like looking at i'm looking at it right now and it's it's really really bad i i i don't know how to describe how bad it is do you think it's a it's a problem with the with the iphone 10 then do you think that that's just a an issue that they have to be less robust i I do think so because like i say i haven't actively tried to treat it terribly and i haven't dropped it apart from once and i haven't yeah, you know, and even if you had a case, it would only be covering the back, right? You'd probably go for one of those leather cases that just covers the back and the side. Yeah. So the the, the good thing about the about the cases is that they also do provide a gap between a surface and the screen. It's a very small gap, but I am like it's it must make a huge oh, if difference. You put it- if you put it face uh, down, if you put yeah. it the other, way, yeah, yeah, face down. Yes, this one, the the one that I'm using now does have that. I think yeah. I would. Do, by the way, if if I had um, if I had an iPhone 10, which um, I would like a smaller iPhone than the one I have now. The the seven plus is a bit too large mm. for me. Um, the iPhone 10 would be the obvious choice if I was to buy one now. Though I will probably wait until the next one. But I think I would get it in. I would get a case for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably probably the the leather um the leather case but maybe the um the silicon one. I don't know. Um because that one's that one's quite nice as well. I I think that I if I got the chance to get a, a kind of like a fresh start with the iPhone 10, I would mm. go caseless. Uh, sorry, I would get a case because going caseless has been nice. It's been the first caseless phone I've had since getting iPhones. Um, it's been like it's been nice to have this nice exposed kind of phone. That's it's good design. You want you know you don't want to have it covered by a case, but the scratches are that bad that I'm 
I'm I'm kind of it's been fun, but it's not fun enough to you know to have to put up with the scratches. So I think going forward, I will just have to get a case and yeah, for the, for the next one, you're not going to bother now. No, no, the next the next. One. I mean, there's no point doing like this. Phone's already damaged to the point where a case will just it'll just get a case you know damaged and just equally yeah. look as bad um so i don't there's no benefit in it um i and also there, there have been rumors that in in september we will see a plus version of the iphone 10 now would you go for that would you go for a larger one no so i i previously had the iphone 7 plus as as uh we said earlier and i don't like it was good but i got used to it it was large it was it was a fun time but Having the iPhone 10 has actually improved my hands, I think, a bit from our side point of view. It's also like you get taller space on this phone than you do on on the iPhone 7 Plus or the 8 Plus. So you lose space horizontally, but you do gain it vertically, which means you, you roughly get the same information on the page each way, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a similar... The the phone is smaller, but the screen fills the, yeah. the phone size more. Yeah, so I I'm I'm happy with this size. I would probably get the same size again. Uh, the any other model would be too uh, small, I guess. I have actually been looking. Uh, I'm currently bidding on an iPhone 6s on eBay. Oh, fun! But we'll get on to that later. To find the show notes for today's episode, you can go to mavispodcast.com slash 23. We're going to have quite a few things in there um, relating to things we either have talked about or will talk about. So I would recommend looking in there. You can also tweet us uh, questions at Mavis Podcast on Twitter and we can answer them on the show. Uh, so thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy the show. So I am about to crack open a Red Bull because this is going to be a big topic. And the Red Bull doesn't make it seem like I've been doing well, but it's for a good reason. I'm enjoying this Red Bull. So we spoke a few episodes ago. I think it was the first episode from our back from our downtime that my theme of the year has not gone well so far. And that I am kind of refocusing on the system to steal Jules's phrase because uh, I've slipped out of a lot of my routines um, and a I kind of the way I do things. So I've been making some changes. Um, I've managed to uh, slip back into my sleeping routine. Um, although at the moment, like the thing is, as I wrote this topic, I, I was doing really well with it. And then a couple of days after, uh, I've been really struggling to sleep. So I'm, I've been doing some things in the evening to try and make my sleep better, but it's not working too well. Um, but when I wrote it, I was doing great. So I guess I guess it's an up and down thing. Um, Jules, it'd be good to talk to you actually about help with with getting to sleep because you're. I imagine you're pretty good at it. Um, I think so. I think I am. So yeah, I, I tend to go through waves. I think of being really good at it and then just really bad at it. But yeah, I th- I think I think I I did the same, and then I found various hacks that work in certain situations. Yeah. Um, 
so it's it's not it's not good because of like naturally being good at it it's just i found a few ways to help me get sleep so the the good thing though is that i've actually been really good at getting up which is i think to me is the most important part that's that is the most important part yeah because the next you know when i'm up the next time i sleep at least i'll be tired if i if i don't sleep i know that i can sleep the next day right so i've just yeah. got to make sure that i get up and uh so far i've been doing some things including uh, i do not turn on i do not turn off do not disturb anymore until um until i'm done with my morning routine uh and the new features of ios 12 that will actually hide notifications from me will actually be amazing because that is like an internal battle right now is where I know that my phone's on do not disturb and maybe I'll check the time or something and suddenly it's like, oh, I've seen all these notifications. Should I check them or should I leave them? And you kind of have that battle internally. So that feature of iOS 12 will be great. Um, but yeah, so moving on from waking up, I've managed to get back into my morning routine um, and kind of like I never stopped doing this these things, but it was never on time and it never felt like it used to. So, you know, I do my morning walk and I'm getting back into the office for, you know, eight o'clock in the morning and having some time before people get in to do various things that I want to do. Um, and I guess uh, my evening routine as well. So uh, including food, I've, I've got a little bit better with food again, which uh, I imagine will be broken for in the next week um, due to being away. But um, yeah, like so... In terms of routine and sleeping and things, I, I feel a lot better about those things. Um, so th- I guess the next big one is journaling. I mm. bought a a um, Knock Co. Seed notebook case, which isn't something that's directly related to improving the, my journaling, abil- journaling abilities. But it has been, I guess, Jules, you used the word uh, revitalizing your notebook. Yeah. Yeah. Doing stuff like that, like adding, adding a little bit extra to it kind of brings your focus. It adds a bit of like novelty or a a slight change in it. Maybe it makes something slicker or more interesting, uh, which makes you use it, which therefore helps. So like you say there, like a new, a new case for your notebook may not directly help with, with journaling, but Mm. um, it does. Yeah. So there are actually benefits to this one because so before I had a uh, a cover for my Hobonichi, which allowed me to kind of slip in a field notes on the side along, you know, where in the other side, if I didn't put it in the cover properly, um, and I kind of just used the cover as a, as a kind of weak case. Um, but the, this cover is actually really good because it allows me to zip up my Hobonichi inside of this case, um, mm. put field notes in there and also two pens, as well as some kind of business card size index cards that are blank, so I can write on them. Um, so now I can go to a meeting, and I don't have to take my notebook case, everything else, and my pencil case, uh, you know, to carry a pen or whatever. I can just take yeah. this, this zipped up case, where it's all self-contained, and know that I have everything I need for a, for a meeting, or for, you know, even journaling. So there has actually been that benefit to it. So uh, along those lines, actually, um, I noticed that when I switched to using a zip-up case, it, which is similar to that, yeah, it uh, is, we yeah. talked about mine before, um, I uh, I carry my pencil case way, 
way less often now. I I still have multiple pencil cases, but I have one that um that is like my go to and has the various pens. Yeah, that I want exactly. To to use at the moment, but I don't actually. It's it's in my office at home. And I don't tend to take it with me mm. um, to to work and places like that because of the fact that the case has all the bits and pieces in it. It's got the note cards. It's got, um, I mean, I, I put my Charbo X in there. So I've got a pen, a pencil and a highlighter. Oh, that's nice. Um, that is nice. And, and I've got the um, uh, field notes in there. So all of that stuff, like that's just all I need. Just the, this, just the case to do all that kind of journaling and note taking in in those yeah so i found that i use my pencil case less i'd be interested to find out if you do that because i know you've been you tend to take your pencil case with you uh, uh yeah i have actually anyway don't you i have actually stopped taking my pencil case places it's still in my bag and i'll get to that in a second but jules i do actually have the Jetstream prime and my Sharbo in 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 the pencil yeah. case uh, sorry in the ca- my notebook case and which yeah. does mean I get the highlighter, but I don't like using the Sharbo as a pencil. Yeah, versus versus a Kuratoga, it right. is uh, it's not as nice. One hundred percent agree. So the reason I still take my pencil case with me is because one, it's got my um, traffic light uh, fine liners, my my zebra fine liners, uh, yeah, yeah, and it also has my ruler, my rubber, my um, lead holder, and my Kuratoga in it. So if I'm doing some drawing or sketching or that kind of stuff, I do want that there. And that is something that mm. I do as part of my job. So it's good to have that with me because I might need to sit at my desk at work in the office and do those things. But if I'm going to a meeting, I'm taking I'm taking a pen. I need a pen and I need my, my field notes and I might need some index cards because something might pop into my head and I need to write it down to then put into my system later and that kind of stuff. So yeah. I, yeah, I do, I, I do know, like, I, I no longer take my pencil case with me to meetings, but I do take it with me to the office in my bag. Yeah. And I'm guessing you, your pencil case will have uh, a ruler an eraser, a nice pencil. Yes. It does, yeah. Those those kinds of things, mm-hmm. yeah. So I mine's mine's pretty much the same. It also same holds idea. my Apple Pencil. Interesting, interesting. So actually, in my in my bag that I put my Surface Book into, I have two pen slots in there. One is the for the Surface Pen, yeah. and the other one is like the the spare slot. And sometimes that is my Jetstream Prime, and other times it is my. Um, my Kuratoga Advance. So so I do tend to have two pens of some kind. So the Charbo it lives in the in the case. Yeah. But the 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 other one, there's there's often one other pen that I take in my bag, and that does depend on what I'm doing. So I sometimes it's the um sometimes it's the the Kuratoga. Uh but because of the fact that I don't my bag is quite small. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's no extra space which I like. I'm really happy about the fact that that does constrain my choices, mm-hmm. but um, but that means that the, the pencil case stays behind. So so it's it's good that you have that you are capable of having um both, and you, you're using the same pencil case that you've used for a while, aren't you? Yeah, I do like that. Actually. The pencil case I've yeah. never had a problem with, so I'm happy with that. I told you about the uh, the zipper. Yeah. Uh, so f- for mm-hmm. me, I have I have one of these. I have the Sinclair, the, the Notco Sinclair. Yeah. And the Notco Sinclair is designed to hold a field notes or some index cards and uh, two, sorry, three pens. 
and then it's got like a, a, a large pocket in the middle. I got it specifically for index cards. Um, this was so that I had something that I could just carry the index cards mm-hmm. in. But I found that the zippers were noisy. And we talked about this when you were getting your, um, when you were ordering this case. I was just wondering, did you do anything about that? So I bought the, I bought some replacement zipper pulls, um, as you know, because I've given you a few. Um, I haven't done anything about it yet. It kind of, I'm kind of hoping, like, it's not, to be fair, it's something that when you, when you mention it and when we talk about it, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of annoying. But then day to day, I'm just like, hey, I'm getting my notebook out and I don't notice it. So I'm kind of fine with them being there. I also don't like the zipper pulls that I've got to replace them. They're a bit long. So the, the metal ones that it comes with are actually a bit nicer, purely design and kind of feel wise to me. Um, so yeah, I'm holding, I'm holding off with that at the moment, but I do. Yeah, I do agree. I will put into the, the, um, the show notes, uh, the Instagram links to both, uh, my new notebook case that I've put an Instagram, a couple of Instagram photos up and Julian's. I'm sure there'll be one on your Instagram somewhere that I'll find. Um, yeah, I, so I replacement, I replaced the, the zips on mine, um, after the discussion with you, cause obviously you got those, uh, pulls. That's from the and- Sinclair on my Sinclair and I really like it like that. I, I really prefer it. Mm. Um, I don't mind the length. I just find that it's a lot more like stealthy. Subtle. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased with that. I do like it. I really do like it. And it's, it's, it's nice. It's, um, something that we need to actually talk about, which I didn't want to talk about as part of this. We need to talk about again, because, um, Jordan can feed into this quite a lot is I got, I did get a new bag and it has um four different com- uh, five different compartments and i i won't go into it right now but essentially i've been able to make it so that this bag really fits my new system quite well because i can get my notebook out or get my ipad out or get my macbook out really really easily those are the things that i typically need to get out a lot and then it's got this one large compartment which holds my pencil case uh my headphones and this um uh, this is actually a really good bag. I'll put them to the show notes for it. These, these sets of uh, carry cases, essentially, zipper carry cases that I section up and put a lot of things in. So everything that I that you would typically have in a, in a bag, like all your wires and stuff, fit into these cases really nicely. Um, so I have those. And this, this new bag is really, really great for me. Um, but again, we will talk about that in a later episode. Um, so moving on, uh, I just mentioned the iPad. Um I've actually refocused my life around the iPad. I'm actually using it right now to write notes on before you, uh, typically I would do this in a notebook, but I'd be using the iMac to write things up or, or the MacBook I'm recording on at the moment to, you know, focus on or chat to you guys while we're recording if, if needs be And the MacBook's off the side right now and it's just recording. It's just doing one task. And the iPad is my, my main, um, area of focus right now so i'm using it with um a magic keyboard magic keyboard 2 i think they're called oh, sorry the, the magic keyboard one because they used to be the wireless keyboard um i'm still using the the standard cover the jordan what do you know what they're called which ones the, the smart covers yes yeah, smart cover that's the one uh without the keyboard case i did used to have one but i got rid of it um 
And I'm I'm doing a lot of things like emails, um, dealing with task management, uh, doing various tasks on the iPad, um, talking to you guys on it, and whether that be Teams or or whatever. Uh, OneNote, Bear Notes. Um, I did something the other day where I was doing my expenses, so I was uh, creating some workflows to minify images. So now I've you know I've been using that quite a bit more. Um, so. I have essentially refocused my main my main device is now the iPad and I want to continue doing that. The MacBook now and the iMac now is a workstation or something that I use to do uh, code or editing or you know image or video related things and is not the all purpose generic device that it used to be for me. It kind of ties in with well, they kind of ties in with the fact that you've you've got this nice case now, and you carry some bits around. So you've got your notebook and your pens, and then mm-hmm. you presumably take your iPad to your meeting as well. Yes. And I I use my iPad every day for note taking and sending emails and calendars and some task management, quite a bit of task management, maybe eighty percent of my task management. But I can't seem to get to 100% on it. Mm. And But the difference between you you and I in that respect is all I have to take is one thing. Okay, two things if I take the pencil with me to the meeting. And I like that and I prefer that. I think if I could, like I know where you're going with this and it makes sense. It's like having, having um, tasks that no, like specific tasks to one device, um, or one area of your life to one device. So, like, it might be the, the way I see it. Sorry to interrupt. Is that the things I cannot do on my iPad are write code, build code, um, deal with my development related activities. Um, not all of them, but most of them um, on the iPad. I cannot edit podcasts sufficiently, I feel, or have the speed that the iMac gives me there. Um, do image-related uh, things in Photoshop that I prefer doing on a computer. Um, and video-related things, for example. Everything else, so far at least, there's no reason why I cannot do that on the iPad. And I do currently enjoy... Like, I'm really enjoying doing everything else on the iPad. Yeah, it is. It is really enjoyable. Like, I want to sit with my iPad and I and I'm doing notes, or I'm I'm jotting down things with my Apple Pencil, or I'm planning out calendar events or group lines emails. It's enjoyable. I feel like there's something though. Like sometimes, maybe this is Outlook, but sometimes I'll be replying to emails and trying to book stuff in my calendar. I can't really see my emails and my calendar at the same time on that device. It's because really annoying. so you have them in the same app, don't you? Well, yeah, because Outlook is right. My calendar and my email. So I don't so have that problem. Not... Yeah. Jules, what do you think about that? Which is which is a benefit and a and a negative in some areas. Just to mm, add, if I could split view it or something like in in like internally, like how Safari does with the calendar, then brilliant. But I totally get that. I totally one hundred percent get that. So I don't. So my Outlook for iOS is only used on the phone, and then I use Outlook on the on the watch. But um, I use 
I'm currently using Mail and Calendar for Windows, so not Outlook. I'm using Mail and Calendar. Um, those are two separate applications. They actually install as one. So as far as the store is concerned and updates are concerned, Mail and Calendar are one application, but they have two separate windows. So you can have the calendar up and you can have the mail up at the same time. And I feel like perhaps that's what um, iOS needs. I don't think the application model in iOS has uh, the ability to, to do two two windows for an two application. Instances. No. Yeah, no, at the moment. And that's something it's that been rumored, but no no information about that yet. Oh, if that if they did that with Outlook, oh, I would be so happy. So obviously Windows has had this for a very long time for like Win32 applications. When Windows 8 came out, a lot of that support kind of disappeared and then they've been bringing it back. So mm. now with UWP, where they talk about modern desktop applications, having parts of your application in a separate window is something that they are all about supporting so in OneNote, we can have two instances of the same window but in something like mail and calendar you can have your calendar in a separate window to your mailbox but also you can open an email to be a separate window so you can have all those things you know like you can switch between them in the task switcher you can tile them together um using windows snap or whatever i think that i think the ipad would benefit from that kind of thing but it doesn't this doesn't bother me because I don't use an iPad mm-hmm. for that stuff. I just use the Surface. Um, but yeah, I, I can totally see that you would want that. If you can't see your calendar and mail at the same time, that's a bit of a bit of a pain. The more and more I think about it, just in this instance, the more and more I'm actually really annoyed about it because it's like it's actually a big blocker. Mm. Because and, and they used to be able to do that because you used to have uh, used to have uh, Outlook for for the mail, and you could have something like Sunrise as a separate calendar. But they mm. they merge Sunrise and Outlook into the one app. I would say though, Jordan, that it is one. It's it's actually really easy for you because you have one calendar, which is probably a good thing. Uh, well, it is a good thing. Um, but there is no reason for you. So there's something that I found is that I've I've been like I've I set up pairs sometimes. So typically I'll have um, an iPhone size. I'm going to say I'm going to use the term iPhone size. iPhone size view of my calendar on the left or right. And my emails on the other side of it is that, like you know, the other two yeah. thirds of the screen. I do that quite. I, so you, you could quite often. you could use the standard calendar app for just viewing your calendar, and then have it paired up with your yeah. Outlook for yeah. Until oh. it's it's a it's a it's a workaround, but it like it actually it's a workaround. It's quite good. But the but the problem is when I send invites from the calendar from the iPad, if it 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 just doesn't work in a normal way. Uh, the the outlook one should so for instance i can't see things like availability i can't it, it comes in a weird file mm. format to other people so i can't do things like invite people to a skype meeting or a teams meeting right and i can you can actually do that on ios and i do a lot of that so like it's not the i guess if i'm talking about viewing a calendar maybe it should be like viewing and creating events as i'm going through my emails because that's what i do quite a lot of that at the moment like managing mm. the, you know replying to an email and going okay we'll meet on this day and I want to do that. Sometimes, like, they've tried to make this better in Outlook for iOS, where you can, like, see availability or send availability or create an event, but it doesn't really help for trying to work out when you want to do something. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying, Andrew. Like, I I, I agree. Like, it's great. I, I, could just, I could just boot up my calendar app or find another calendar app and, and, and put it 
on my iPad and just kind of open them up side by side. The the the, the thing is, I'm more, I'd probably more be inclined to do the opposite and get another email application <laughs> to read through my emails to do the calendar because I want the calendar functionality. So I, as I'm sending it, do you know what I mean? That's the more important thing for me in that respect. Mm. I just need to read the emails and reply to them. I don't need to do anything specific. Whereas the calendar is like, yeah, I, I do need to like use all the little Outlook specific stuff. Yeah. So so going back to, to doing stuff on the iPad, I have um, found a lot of benefit in using workflow again. So I actually cleared out my entire uh, workflows kind of um, uh, repository, I guess. You know, the, the workflows that I have on, on my devices. Um, and I started again. So I've I've been using them. I, I guess we'll talk about some of them in a minute. Um, but for example, the 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 good one that I like, the really one, the one I really liked building and, and using is the the one I use for minifying images. For when I'm doing um, expense uh, expense receipts and stuff like that, the phone the, the photos that the phone takes are huge, and they uh, you know you try and send them all in an email or whatever, and it's going to complain at you, and it's going to take ages to send, and then. It's, it's going to cause problems. So I, I typically minify the images before I send them. And I was like, oh, I need to minify them. And I could go on to, you know, Chrome and use the website. But oh, wouldn't it be just really cool if I could build a workflow to do this? So now I can go in a file view and select a bunch of fi- uh, images and pass them to the minify images workflow. It then minifies them and asks me what I want to rename it to because that's something I do as well, um, and then saves them where I want to save them using the Files app, which means I can save them in OneDrive, I can save them on the device, I can save them in iCloud, I can save them in it back into an app, for example. So I found a lot of benefit in in the abilities of Workflow, which is why I was worried about Siri Shortcuts uh, cutting support for these kind of things. Mm, yeah. So I guess, uh, Jordan, you've been... I guess wanting to look at this stuff, so I think we'll have to look at this stuff kind of off off air, but uh, together. But I I've been really enjoying it. Um, another one that I use quite a lot is is take a bunch of files, uh, files, zip them and share them to an app, or task management stuff, and um, setting up. I have I have a bunch of like I think it's like fifty tasks to release um, to record and release an episode of of Mavis. And uh, every time I now have a workflow, which I press a button and it sets them all up with an episode number in in my task management system, so I can run through them. Um, so I don't have to create them every time, or you know. So, last thing I have to say about the iPad, anyway, is um, speaking of uh, new iPads in in fall. I think next time I'm going to get. I'm kind of going to go all out and get a 10.5-inch iPad Pro. I'm going to get the smart keyboard cover. I'm going to get one of the leather covers for it, you know, the leather pouches. Have you seen those? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get a new pencil for it, and I'm going to put the pencil in the slot, and I'm going to have that as it's like the system that goes along with my notebook for taking to meetings, and I really can't wait for that. So 10 point, what did you say, 10.5? Yes. So That's currently... the size that Jordan has. Yeah, I currently have the 12.9, yeah. which you is a great one, yeah. machine for me to sit down and do a lot of these things. Yeah, you, you know my thought. You know my thoughts on that. I think yours is. I think yours is too large. I think Jordan's is too large. 
I think I think Jordan's mm. is closer to the size that I, if I was to get an iPad Pro, I would get one Jordan size. It's difficult because I don't think mine's too large. I think mine is a perfect size, but then obviously this is a subjective conversation yeah. anyway. Oh but, yeah, absolutely. But mm. you are more comfortable with the Surface screen than for, for than so if you wanted to do the iPad stuff I wanted to do, you wouldn't really have a problem with like the desk desktop work on a screen, like with drawing. You would you would be comfortable doing that with your Surface Book, yeah, uh, Surface screen. Whereas I wouldn't be like I just don't gel well with the operating system on windows right now um for the pad lifestyle so i see why you would go a little bit smaller like this andromeda size thing because you would have both sides so whereas yeah. you have the big screen for desktop yeah. work and the small I've screen got... for sofa work i have the, the in between which right. fits both yeah. and so for me it's i i get why you say that because I, I agree, like, if I had if I had the iPad Pro that Andrew has, I, the thing is, I probably would just still have a 10.5 inch because I'm quite comfortable on the sofa with it. It can be a bit big for reading when you just kind of sat laid up, like, you kind of laid down and you want to just read something, like, book-like like, or a blog post. I think the iPad mini would be, like, as we were talking about this, like, would be much better. So I would actually become quite comfortable having having three Three iPads. Um, I by the by the way, I'm I'm all for this idea of having multiple yeah, tablets. By the way, I am also totally good for the idea for having an iPad Mini, a 10.5, and a 12.9. I just wish that they would also update the Mini. They need to update they the do. Mini. That's that's what they need to do. Yeah. So so for me, if if I was if I was uh, going iPad, uh, yeah, I think a similar kind of thing. I think I would want um, a Mini. Um, a pro whether that's the 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 10 or the 12 i I don't really know um but but then i would also say that i would want a smaller phone as well so that there's there's small medium being the Mm. the um the mini for me and then and then a a large being the pro but about i mean that's just that's yeah fancy land for me what what i'm looking for is the is the smaller um windows device but I, i totally get the I totally get the the appeal. Um, and I think, you know, we talked about this before in Star Trek where they're walking around with loads of different pads. Mm. That's, that's the future that I think I like this, this high, this idea of, um, you know, everything's synchronized, everything's in the cloud, the, 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 you know, your OneNote is available and all the things and so on, but being able to have different size screens, essentially different form factors for different situations. Um, I really like this idea. Yeah, and uh, like I, so if I if I get that that ten point five inch iPad in the fall or you know in March if at the latest, hopefully, um, the iPad Pro, the thirteen inch, will stay at home, but it will be something I continue to use because it will be. It's kind of like you know you come like I have the iMac right, and it's a big screen, and it's a beautiful beautiful machine with a big screen, and it's great for doing a load of code or not editing. Uh, a podcast because there's so much space there. The iPad Pro, the 13 inch for me, is like that for the iPad world for me because, like, you know, I yeah. have my iPhone which I can do similar things on, but I just don't do those. But if I want that experience on a bigger screen, I, I use the iPad. And the 10.5 will be the machine where it's like the day to day, you know, outside of the house. Um, 
the off uh, outside of the house machine where I can run to a meeting with it and have my notebook case, which is you know half the size, but it's it's a nice little set. And um, the the thirteen inch will be something that I have at my desk at home, set up with a keyboard already, just ready to go as a bigger version of that travel device, essentially, or outside of the home device. Um, so I do, yeah. So I I mentioned earlier that I have my Apple Pencil in the pencil case. And this is the weird thing. I haven't used the Apple Pencil in the past two, three weeks of when I've been really focusing on the iPad. Like, I, I do love that pencil, but I just find myself wanting to use just, like, the keyboard and just, like, touch the screen instead. And I don't really mm-hmm. typically sit down on the sofa with it, and I don't typically put it in situations where I'm actually just... It's, like, easy to use a pencil at the moment. Maybe I would with the 10, 10.5, but maybe it's kind of I like Jordan if does. I if I need the pencil, I can go into my bag and get it from my pencil case. I don't need to have it next to yeah. the iPad yeah. all the time. And how it it also have to be loose. So yeah, I mean it, it's 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 long as well. You know, it's it's long, which is it, it in is comparison to the iPad Pro that I've got, it's not. But it's in comparison to my notebook case, it's. It's massive. It's, yeah, it's it's much larger than a than a normal pen. I so I use the and you see me walk into these same meetings, and um, I have my pen stuck to the side of my surface because it's magnetic. Yeah, and I just tend to I just often I just tend to walk in with either the um, just the Surface Book and a phone, or the Surface Book and my notebook and a phone, depending on the kind of meeting but because because the pen just sticks to the side um it's it's just there and i do you've probably seen i do tend to write on the surface screen in in those kind of meetings because unless i'm unless i'm writing a lot of content if i'm if i'm making notes on a discussion i tend to use the pen in one note Mm. um i think last last time i saw you making notes on Using the keyboard, you had your your iPad. Oh, I'm using um, it right now. Yeah, you. So you had it like on the smart cover, like yep. tilted up, and then you had to keep the magic keyboard or the wireless keyboard, or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. in front of it. Um, and that's that's often how I see you in meetings. And Jordan tends to use the he writes on the screen with his fingers, taps on the screen for the keyboard, yeah. and uses the pen. So I uh, this is the so previously. Uh, as a little side note, um, I disabled the emoji keyboard. However, I found myself using emoji more than ever recently, and I'm actually enjoying using it. And I've had to re-enable it, and now it turns out if I use the on-screen keyboard, I do not know how to get to an exclamation mark or any other punctuation because it's been shifted over, and it's by by you know by the emoji button, right? And it's really confusing me, and I need to get used to it. Or I want another way of getting emoji. It's no news to me that the uh, iOS keyboard is bad. Mm. Yeah. The iPad doesn't do custom keyboards, does it? Uh, it does. does oh, it, it does. It should oh, right. do. I think it's it SwiftKey you can use it's on it. Talking of, talking of SwiftKey, it is worth mentioning that the latest build of uh, the Windows Insider, the latest Windows Insider build of uh, Windows 10, the next version of Redstone, which is 5, uh, includes SwiftKey built into the keyboard, which would be super handy on a little handheld mm. uh, two-screen device. So, the big one. 
the big the big Lebowski. I don't know. I haven't seen that film. I don't think. Um, the the big update is that I've switched to using OmniFocus. Uh, previously, I was using Todoist for my task management, and I also spoke about Trello, which I introduced, I think, at the start of the year, or just I think it was the start of the year um, for my awareness. I have been able to merge both of these things into one one app um, and have them work the way I want. Now, uh, for Jordan's sake, um, I'm pretty sure, uh, Jules, you'll know this because um, OmniFocus is typically used as like the GTD, uh, getting things done, uh, task management app. And GTD, uh, as, as a like a very cut-down version, typically works as you have an inbox, right? And this inbox is... You just you just add stuff to this inbox. Sometimes people do this physically, so they have a physical inbox, and you something that you know those, those index cards that I have and that Jules has, they're a similar kind of concept. So it's just get this thing out of your head. You know, you see this thing, and you just put it on this card, and you'll deal with it later. With OmniFocus, you have the inbox, so you you just add things to the inbox, and then every so often you'll do a review, or you know you'll review the inbox, and you may have added something like. Um, office, you know, redesign or office updates, right? And you go, okay, so this this task that's currently in my inbox, this is actually a big project, and I'm going to convert this into what is known as a as a project in OmniFocus. Um, and you can convert something in your inbox to a project. You may also then tag it or um, tags are new in OmniFocus free, which came out this month or last month, sorry. Um, they used to be called context, but now we have tags, so it's a bit more um, versatile. So you may give it a due date, a uh, task. The idea is if that's a task takes two minutes, I think it's less than two minutes, um, then you should just do yeah. it. And if it's over two minutes, then you you do something else with it. You you know schedule it in or something like that. Do it, delegate it. Yes, defer it. That's the one. I have a custom setup in OmniFocus that allows me to have things that are in my inbox, um, things that are in projects, things that are tagged with various things, um, and also things that are awareness that are not actually projects yet or dealt with. And it's interesting because this is all made possible by what OmniFocus calls custom perspectives. Now, perspectives... Uh, perspectives, sorry are basically views in OmniFocus that you can configure and you build up queries that allow you to view um, certain tasks and in certain ways that... It's quite a hard one to explain, but essentially you can build up queries in OmniFocus that say, when I click this button, only show me the tasks that match these queries. And then a lot of that is based on, the, I guess, the, the tags and projects. Is that right? Yeah, so... My interesting setup is that because I've got my awareness board and I've got my um, task management inside the same app, you would... It's a really hard one to explain, but essentially I've got things in my awareness board that I may need to convert into a top-level project at some point. However, if I put them in as projects or if I if I put it under a project, sorry, so if you have a project uh, that is awareness, right, and you have a task under there, 
you cannot convert that individual task below the project into a project itself. It cannot right. be promoted. So you can't, yeah, it can't, it can't be promoted right. because it's, it's already in a project. Yes, which means that I have to find a way to um, be able to have things in my inbox that I can f- convert to projects to to then deal with later, which part, you know, that are part with part of my awareness stuff. But they may not be, I don't, I don't want them in my inbox. So my main yeah. inbox is actually a custom inbox where it's, right. it's take where everything. You, customize the view. Exactly. It's a custom mm. perspective of take everything my inbo- from my inbox that you would normally show, but minus, uh, take away things that are tagged with awareness. And it's, it's actually a really, really cool system because now my inbox is full of stuff that I need to deal with as you would typically use um, OmniFocus. But my awareness board, I can go in and it's like a second inbox where I can say, ah, this one is actually a top level project and I'm going to convert it to a project. And now it's not in awareness, but it's its own project and it's active or it's deferred or it's on hold or it's um, dropped. So... I spent a, uh, a little while setting up these my, my system in OmniFocus, and I, I might share a photo of this, but I, I essentially have all of my task management, awareness, and kind of uh, productivity needs in one app that's so customizable and so flexible. That's, it's, it's Honestly, it's amazing, and it feels so kind of relieving because this is the kind of stuff that I wanted from a to-do app in so long. And to-do this was in comparison so basic, but it was, it it made, you know, it didn't make my days tick along. But OmniFocus has now taken that to a kind of a new level. Yeah. And I'm really, really enjoying it. I mean, I heard, I first heard about OmniFocus a long, yeah. long time ago because it's been going for quite a while. Um, I know of people who set up these GTD systems inside of OmniFocus mm. and kind of like never, never switched because they didn't need to. Um, it's what it's one. Uh, so I personally have never used it. Right. But it's one right. that I've heard so much about, you know, back when I used to use, um, Outlook tasks, yeah. I knew people used OmniFocus. And then since then, you know, I changed to using Wonderlist and then changed to using uh, Microsoft to do and you know I tried other things mm-hmm. uh, in between but OmniFocus has just like always been there and it has been in in a lot of ways a more pure um, GTD than other things or capable of doing a more pure GTD because yeah. of the contacts which you mentioned which have now been you know transferred into tags mm-hmm. the idea there being that you could be you know at home at the office and you can switch between those contacts and say, well, show me all the tasks that I can do at home. Show me all the tasks that I can yes. do at the office and so on. So good. Um, and so now I'm, I'm assuming you can do that using those custom views and you can say, well, show me these, these tags. I think it's, I've, from everything I've heard about it, it sounds absolutely wonderful. For me, it's an, it's just, uh, I can't use it because it's not cross platform. Right. Which we'll get um, onto in a minute. Um, do you want to talk about that now? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'd be interested to hear if you've got a solution for this. Uh, Jordan, I think you've been using OmniFocus as well. And I know you also use I have been Windows. dabbling with it. Right. I've been so, dabbling with it. So, on, so, I, so to start with um, myself, um, I have it on my iPad, right? And I have it on my phone. 
because I'm going out and about and I need it on my phone to see what I'm doing. Or I have it on my iPad because I'm sitting down and doing work on my now on my iPad, focused around the iPad. So really, right, um, OmniFocus is on the Mac and I use Macs. I don't use Windows. So I can I could have OmniFocus on my Mac. And in fact, uh, some real-time follow-up, they've just announced that OmniFocus 3 for the Mac will be released in September, which means that right. all these new tags and and the custom perspectives that OmniFocus 3 gave us will now be available on the Mac, which is great for people who have it on their Mac, who have it on their iPad and have it on their phone, right? Amazing. I don't know if I'm going to do it. So for me personally, I'm. it's kind of like... It's, this sounds bad, but it's like forcibly focusing my life around the iPad. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It's a great thing that it's like, this is why my life is centered around this device. And I'm enjoying having it on this on this device. The only thing I would say is that sometimes the sync is amazing. And as per, sometimes things take a little while to come in and you have to do a couple of refreshes or whatever. Um, but it's it's reliable and it never it's never broken for me, which is is, is fine. So that's something unlike, I would unlike say. bare notes, which lost some of the right. data recently. So that's all I would say is that yes, it is on the Mac and OmniFocus three is coming to the Mac, but I'm enjoying not having it on my computer. I find it difficult. I really love the idea of OmniFocus. Like I've been dabbling with it for the last couple of days. I like the perspectives a lot. I like the tags. Like the filters, so I can say, well, show me all my Hark stuff that's tagged with Hark, or show me just expenses, or show me just, you know, general. The general power of it is, is great. The problem I have is, I recently switched from to do to Trello, and that's been working really well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows me to just keep everything, keep everything in like different places, like not necessarily like in a to-do or like I don't have just to-do and like in progress and done. I've got like books, right? A list with books in on this one board or, and I've, I've just got this ongoing thing where I just drag things at like, oh, this is the book I'm listening to, or this is the thing I'm on with at the moment. Um, and then I might have four or five things ongoing at any one time. So I can see how I can, I could model that in OmniFocus really right. well and make it more project based. Um, and like, I could just have a books project and, that would, or or whatever, do you know what I mean? Or a maths project because mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm reviewing a ton of math stuff. To put all the chapters in there that I want to go through, all the individual things, or the side projects, the very small side projects that I might do, where it might be my office, right, where I want to do get a new desk or repaint the walls, or I don't, do you know what I mean? Like I can see how OmniFocus would allow me to organize that, and mm. I love that idea. I love it. The problem I have is this cross-platform element. I realized over the last couple of days that even though I take my iPad everywhere and I take my phone everywhere, at least I, I couldn't go cold turkey. I couldn't just go, right, I'm just using my iPad and my iPhone to do this. Sometimes I want to sit with my Surface Book and just have my Outlook calendar open and my Trello board or my Outlook calendar or my Outlook emails and my Trello board right next to each other. And then I can start moving things around. Now, I know I can do this if I had my Outlook calendar open on my Surface Book and just got my iPad yeah, out in yeah. front of me, but sometimes I'm just not in that 
position because I'm on the move a lot. May I just also ask that, would this change if you used a keyboard with your iPad? Because there was that thing for me where, oh, I don't want to be typing on the screen all the time to do this kind of stuff. Like when, But when I'm sitting down on my iPad to do work, I'm using an external keyboard because it's great. And it's much nicer for me to do that, at least. Is that, do you think that's part of it? I don't know. I don't know. I think it might help, but I don't think it would help enough. Here's the thing, like, when I sometimes I'll sit at work and, you know, we've got these big monitors at work and having this 28-inch display is great for code, but it's also really great for, like, having all my organizational stuff in one place that I can just look at at a glance. Mm. So sometimes if I want to get... I'm not as... My organizational workflow, Andrew, is not as structured as yours, and I'm getting there, but sometimes I will go three days of just full-on going through stuff because I'm just on... I've got just things hit me all the time, so then I need, like, two or three hours to go through everything. Yeah. And that might not happen regularly. So that means sometimes I'll have a ton of stuff to just go through and actually just sitting down at my desk at work, plug in my Surface Book, open up Trello, open up my emails, open up anything, my OneNote, because obviously things cycle between all three of those applications. It, I need to get to a way where I can, I know what should go into OneNote and I know what should go into, or something might go into OneNote and then into OmniFocus or vice versa. Mm. And I don't, I don't have that iron down yet. So it would be really difficult for me to switch to OmniFocus and have, and just do everything on that on uh, like a uh, desk. And I, and that worries me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold out for OmniFocus on Windows because that isn't coming. Right. I'm not, oh, I'm not, I'm not. My, 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 my idea is to write, rewrite OmniFocus. Oh, great. Paul. Um, <laughs> we, yeah, which we spoke about the other day and I was like, oh God. And I, and actually the reason I mentioned the fact that OmniFocus 3 is coming to the Mac is because I mentioned to you the other day while well, we were in the Costco car park that, um, this isn't, uh, OmniFocus 2 doesn't have support for tags. It, it will sync them and it won't mess anything up, but it's, it's funky right now. Um, which is why OmniFocus 3 coming to the Mac means that I could use it on the Mac and I would feel comfortable doing that. Because my system is set up in a way that these custom perspectives and these tags are very important to me now. Um, I wanted to add, uh, I have three more things to talk about in terms of OmniFocus. Uh, number one, the forecast view is great. Um, I've previously used to do this in the past where I would be looking at the today view essentially. And essentially I would I would add things to today or I'd add things to uh, tomorrow or the next seven days. Um, I can do that same thing with with the forecast view it also puts my calendar invites or calendar appointments in the view, which you can disable. Um, but it means that I get an overview of my entire day in the forecast view and the future, uh, which is great. Or even the past, if I've uh, messed something up and I've not done something. So that is a very helpful feature. And that kind of sits at the top. That is like the first, or the, the main screen for me. The other thing is that part of me using OmniFocus and me orienting myself around this device or redoing, uh, you know, refocusing on the system is that the, the system project in my OmniFocus is the most important thing that's keeping this all together and not, not like it's going to fall apart if I don't do these things, but it's something that I'm really feeling very strongly about is that every evening before I go to bed or sometimes I won't because I don't have to, um, is that I'll I'll go through my inbox and maybe chuck a few things in projects or tag them or move them 
into a project or add them to my awareness board or I have tasks every day that I need to do like writing my notebook and these are all set up as repeating tasks for example or they they happen every you know Sunday or Saturday so the the system element the system project to the system is doing really really well for me and I've started to add things in that I was doing before but not tracking or not doing reliably or um, just wanting to uh, sorry part of part of this whole thing about having this inbox is that you have to go and clear it out you have to do also omnifocus reviews which so projects uh, have this this review phase where you can say uh, this project review every two weeks or review every week or every day and the idea of the review is that you either you put the project on hold, you you may take some things out, you may add some things because you're essentially updating the project so that it's not stale. Um, and I kind of do that with my entire system, and not just with the projects that are in the OmniFocus review. So my inbox gets reviewed, and I add things, or I don't, or I take things from my cards and add them in, or I schedule things, or I tag them, or I put them in for a day. And at least for me, it's really helping me just basically stay on top of everything and be able to have this system where I can just, cause so I'm on my walk and I'm trying to limit my, my, um, the use of my phone. I don't want to go into my task manager system and see my day and then have to think about that and then add a task. So now I can just, um, which is my next point, which I'll get into in a minute, click a button that is a workflow type one line of text and know it's in my inbox for me to get to later so I don't have to think about it. I know it's there I will deal with it later. So that is that's the second point that I'm really enjoying about this whole OmniFocus switch is the system that's keep that's you know managing the system. Yeah I, I totally get what you mean with that. Good I'm glad, I'm glad you do. It means I didn't ramble making no sense no, for the I, past two I, minutes. I do i do the same thing so in my uh, microsoft to do um i have a, a list called system and that is how you make sure that the rest of the system is working mm. yeah so that that's like the in fact it kind of underlines all the rest of my stuff in my my grid of perspectives that you can customize in omnifocus so the last thing is um i spoke about workflows earlier um i currently have four or five workflows related to OmniFocus um, that I use on an active like daily basis. One of them I just mentioned. I mentioned uh, the one for Mavis earlier that I set up at Mavis episode. Um, so I set up um, in my Today widget view so I can slide over from my home screen or my lock screen and I have four um, widget buttons, essentially workflows there that I can press. And they are today, tomorrow, next week, or just inbox. And if I click one of those, it presents me with a text view. I press OK and it adds it to my inbox or it adds it to today or it adds it to tomorrow or next week. So I'm finding that by doing that, I know that it's a, something that happens day to day is that I know I need to do something today. Something comes in and it needs to be done today. I don't just want to add that to my inbox and then go, ah, oh, I didn't do that thing this evening. Uh, sorry, you know, in the evening when I come to review my inbox, oh, oh crap, I didn't, I didn't do that thing I was meant to do. I want to do it today. And because I'm looking at the today view, I need to know that when I add that, it's added to today. Same with tomorrow. Okay, I've got this thing. It's not urgent, but it can 
I can do it tomorrow and it needs to be done by the end of the week. Great. Or something's coming up next week. I need this. Add it to next week. Or there might just be a thought that comes into my head. Like I say on my walk, I need, I need, I need, I need to jot it down. I'll deal with it later. Add it to my inbox and I will get to it. Yeah. So this is, this, this comes to, to the whole GTD thing again, where capture yeah. is one of the most, so, you know, you, you got, there are phases where you purely just want to capture and other phases where you want to organize and review and do things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what you're describing here is a way of capturing a task without seeing the other tasks. Yes. And I don't, I don't currently have something set up for Microsoft to do to do that. Um, I have in the past with when I used uh, Outlook um, tasks, for example, I had a command line that, that I could put a task in. Mm. I had um, yep. I had like a little app that would just automatically put one in. Uh, so there were ways of, of, of putting things into the task list without actually looking at it. And I think, you know, what you're describing here is actually a really good use for, for Siri shortcuts or, or workflows um, at the time. Workflows. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it's exactly the same as the notifications in the morning. I don't want to see them because I don't want to be thinking about them. I don't want to stay up or not get out of bed because I'm doing something on the phone. I don't want to see them yet. So just add this thing. I know it's dealt with and it's going to be there. And that's all made possible by the fact that uh, the workflow integrations with OmniFocus. And in fact, OmniFocus itself, they hired um, Sagoyan, Sagoyan, I think his name is, from, from Apple, who was the ex-head of automation at Apple. Um, and he's working all this all automation stuff. So I know that this is going to be something that's going to be supported for a long time is being able to automate and script various parts of OmniFocus if I need to. But at the same time, right now, I just know that I can add tasks or 40 tasks at a time, have due dates on them, have estimated date, uh, durations on them, have tags on them, put them in projects and have them go into my system so smoothly and it just it it really does just just work really well and that is why i've decided to switch to omnifocus and i am enjoying it a a, a lot like i I think it sounds really good um i'll have to put a little bit a little bit jealous because i mean i would love to have something because i feel like microsoft to do doesn't have that depth that omnifocus does Mm. because i mean it is new um, and Wonderlist ne- never had it either. They're a lot smaller. It still works for me now. Um, yeah. but I, I totally see that OmniFocus is like, you know, you can, you can nurture that thing for years and there'll be a lot of, uh, useful data in it. Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, it's like, oh, imagine if you wanted to see something from a certain day, I just build a perspective or like, let me see all the tasks that I've done in the past. And you can just build a perspective to do that. And I know that's not, it's not a productivity thing. It's like a nostalgic thing or looking back, but the data is there and it's, it's going to be there. It's part of reviewing. Exactly. You know? yeah. I think, I think it's important for reviewing. And, you know, so I've got, just to finish off, I've got my main perspectives. Um, I may put a screenshot in of those, uh, in, in the show notes and, um, it kind of gets underlined by system. And then I've got my awareness ones and then my OmniFocus related ones. There's a set of other ones like my awareness board in general, uh, things that I want to eventually get to, things that I've completed or changed, or, or a list of ideas that I've had. And they're in the other ones. They're not to do with getting things done today. They're kind of, or the awareness side of things that's happening right now. They're just things that I need to look at in the future. But my, 
the ones that I'm dealing with day to day, they're all in the top level bit and they're in this grid that you can customize and it's great. So I'm really enjoying that. Really, really enjoying that. I keep running out of breath because I keep speaking for a long time. I feel like Jordan. Jordan does this. Yeah, I don't run out of breath. How do you breathe when you talk for so long? I don't. <laughs> so I guess uh, Jordan, I think I would, I'd like, I, I really would recommend it, but you, I guess the thing is we, you like, like myself, you would have to make the switch to being focused around the iPad or around the, the iOS devices. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't really think I can commit to a full switch right now. I need to find the right, I think I need to either find the right tool. I need to, I just need to, I need something that works on Windows. I think if I had a Mac, then I would just buy OmniFocus for the Mac and that would be that sorted. Mm. But then you would have to have a Mac review as well as your Surface Book and that's a pain. Well, that's what I'm saying. To get a little baby MacBook. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't have the Surface Book. Oh, I see. But anyway, that's a different conversation. So I think, I think another part of it is, um, I think Jordan will want to talk about bags at some point because the bag is, oh, yeah. is an important part of this. I'm always I'm always up for a discussion on bags. And um, I also got some new headphones, which we'll talk about. I think as well because there's a there's a health aspect to this, which I'm. It's a part of all these updates. Is there's also some changes that I haven't mentioned that are to do with health or things around me or just items that I have. And that is my major theme of the year update. And I think I, f- I do feel a lot better. I feel like I'm back on track. Like Excellent. it's only been a short amount of time, but I do feel like like last when, when we last spoke about it, I was like, I don't trust any of the system I have around me. None of it's working. And now I I feel like I'm I'm I've exceeded my past, uh, past higher level my my you know my previous high score. <laughs> Thank you for listening to episode 23 of the Mavis Podcast. You can go to mavispodcast.com slash 23 for the show notes of today's episode. You can also find us on Twitter at Mavis Podcast and follow us there. Tweet us your questions and we can answer them uh, on the show. Uh, if you'd like to find me on Twitter, I'm at Andrew Hathaway. You can also ask me any questions if you want. Uh, Julian is at Julian K on Twitter and Jordan is at Jordan is on fire.